0: Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. My name is Liz, and I'm one of the pastors here. And isn't it lovely around here? It's so beautiful. Thank you, guys, for... uh, Those who stayed and and helped um, decorate, and thank you to Josh, who's behind the slides. Uh, If it wasn't for Josh, I I wouldn't know where these decorations are, where they go. None of it, don't ask me. (laughs) Um, He has organized uh, this for us, and it was great. People were just moving and doing their thing and knowing where to put, we had it down, Pat, and I'm really thankful um, that you guys stayed to help with that. Uh, I, even my, like, on my uh, Facebook, you know, it shows you your pictures from last year or the year before, whatever. Last year, we were, there was just a handful of us uh, decorating for Christmas in our masks, right? And I was like, oh, I'm so glad that the pictures look different this year. Like, we, you know, just to think how far we've come in one year gave me a, a lot of hope, speaking of our first Advent theme, um, So thank you. Um, We are moving into our season of Advent. It's the four weeks leading up to Christmas um, where we are remembering and focusing on the Christmas story. And Advent, the word Advent means arrival or coming. And so we use this word to remember the arrival of Jesus as a baby, and we remember and celebrate all that it means for Jesus to have arrived here on earth to renew and redeem us as his people. But there is also uh, an arrival that we are waiting for. Right? So Advent is also this, it's this looking back, but it's looking forward, right? For the arrival and the coming of Jesus in the future that we are hoping for and we are waiting for. And we anticipate joyfully because we know that when he arrives in his second coming, he is going to fulfill everything to its fullest. Right? Aren't we longing and waiting that. So there's remembering, there's waiting, and there's preparation during Advent because we don't wait as passive people, just sitting back and just twiddling our thumbs. We wait um, with preparation in our hearts, right? We are w- always in a relationship with Jesus. And so we're we're preparing our hearts for what it means when He comes fully. And so there is a looking back, there is a waiting, but there's a preparedness during Advent. Diedrich Bonhoeffer says this: the celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul. Who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. And when I when I ponder that, I think I, I think of even the Sermon on the Mound that those who are poor in spirit are going to see God. It, it means that in this life we are not fully satisfied by what we experiencing in the here and now. We are waiting and hoping for the absolute fulfillment that Jesus will bring. And we're not people that are totally self-sufficient and satisfied just by our, our, our own. We are looking to a savior. That's why we are here. We have to have a posture in our hearts that say there is more than just what the world tells us Christmas is all about, right? And we can easily get wrapped up in the season of Christmas according to the world. But we gather here because we recognize our need for a Savior and our hope is anchored in his kingdom and his coming in the future, so we stay alert and ready for how he's going to invite us deeper into um, his presence this Advent season. We, we look to him to uh, have him steady our hearts. We choose to worship him and depend on him. We are not satisfied with this world and just with ourselves. This is what Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, this is how we choose to, to take our minds off of this world and look to this hope, this coming of Jesus. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you have died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And so that's what we are doing in Advent. We are setting our sights on the realities of heaven and the things to come, not the things here on earth. Because your real life, your truest life, your truest identity is in heaven. Him. And that's already been accomplished. And we can get distracted from that, but the truth is your true identity is hidden, united with Christ. And God is always inviting us to remember this. God's always inviting us to say, hey, remember your life is united with me. And that's the invitation as we go into Advent. Because when Jesus came to earth, he was drawing close to us. He made the first move, right? And it's in us responding to his nearness that we are united. So there's a movie, The Music Man. Maybe you've seen it. Has anybody seen the... the, Okay, it's a little bit of an older one. Okay, so here's a little bit of the premise. There's a con man, okay? He's named Harold Hill, and he arrives mysteriously in this small town in Iowa um, where he poses as a music teacher, right? And he, he convinces um, some, some boys in this town that they need a marching band, right? And so he collects all their money. First red flag of a con man is uh, collecting your money for the idea that has yet to come, okay? So he collects the money to order new instruments and new uniforms, and then his plan, secretly, is to skip town with all this money and go on to the next town and just con the next town all over again, and Um, So, while the boys are waiting for their instruments and uniforms to arrive, he convinces them that they need to rehearse uh, this thing he calls the think system, where if they can just uh, think hard enough about playing the notes and, uh, and meditate hard enough on that, that when their instruments arrive, they're just going to know how to play it automatically, right? With ever having to even pick up the instrument, they will know what to do. Well, if any of you play an instrument, you know how ridiculous that thought is, because to play an instrument, it takes a lot of practice, right? And practice on the basics, right? You have to go through the scales, and learn the notes, and memorize them. And it's a lot of practice, hours of rehearsing to learn how to play an instrument. And this Advent season, we are uh, talking about the gift of risk, where we are practicing our risk-taking with Jesus. We are putting in... uh, our faith into action by practicing what it means to live out our faith because you know what the christmas story is about regular individuals taking these risks with jesus to make the whole story come to pass taking risks with god is is not comfortable right it's, it's not the way that our world encourages of just staying comfortable and relaxed and everything is self-serving. Taking risks with God, it, it, is, it, it feels a little scary, feels a little fearful. But we can be grounded in the truth that our identity is united with Jesus. Our best life is hidden with Jesus. And in that place of security, we can practice stepping out in risk with Jesus and seeing how living our faith with Jesus is a beautiful thing. The story of Christmas involves generations of people that have said yes to God, to stepping out. In risk to doing things that didn't feel comfortable. You can look in the genealogy in the beginning of Matthew and you don't see all the stories. It doesn't like sidebar tell you all the stories because it assumes you know the stories. But if you go back and read some of those um, names and you trace them back in the Bible and what their story was, there were so many people that stepped out to say yes to God that culminated in in the birth of Jesus. And so we're gonna look at a few people during this series, like Mary and Joseph, the key players, where they stepped out in risk and were invited into the story that God was writing. But God was the first one to say yes to Christmas, to say yes to this risk because The plan was conceived in the heart of God to redeem the world, and just at the right time in history, he decided to bring it about. The will of God was set in motion, and nothing could stop it. So an angel visits Mary and and tells her about this audacious plan that he's about to roll out. And he invites her into saying yes. And then as Mary says yes, then Joseph is now wrestling with the consequences of that yes, that she is going to give birth, because Mary and Joseph are already engaged to be married. And now she is going to be pregnant, and that, that throws him for a loop, because they're not married yet. And so he thinks in his mind, I will divorce her quietly and kindly, still keeping you know her worth in place and I'll go on my way. But then an angel visits Joseph and, and invites him into the same risky story. And this is what the angel says. And she, meaning Mary, will give will have a son. And you, Joseph, are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So he's just having a dream, and an angel comes and tells him this, that actually your fiance is going to have a son, but you are to name him Jesus because he is going to save them from their sins. And so God's will, his master plan is unfolded Through ordinary people. Ordinary people, scared out of their wits, right? They're like, I don't know about this plan, Jesus. It's wild. It's audacious. It means a lot of negative things for me. My standing in society, people are going to disown me. There's a lot of consequences at stake here. And they step in and say yes to God. And that's risky. It's risky for God to use ordinary people that have anxiety and fear and real consequences to face to fulfill his plan. John Ortberg in his book, if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. This is what he says. Fear and growth go together like macaroni and cheese. It's a package deal. The decision to grow always involves a choice between risk and comfort. This means that to be a follower of Jesus, you must must renounce comfort as the ultimate value of your life. Comfort is one of the highest values, I think, in our culture, right? We want to be comfortable. But if we want to grow in our faith, We have to be uncomfortable. God's story always involves some kind of risk and discomfort. It just does. And and God's will is closely connected to our willingness. God's will is closely connected to our willingness to say yes. Meaning God's story is happening and he invites our Ordinary, regular people to say yes and be a part of his story. He wants willing people just like you and me to participate in these extraordinary things that God is doing. Now, we are willful people, right? We all are created with our own desires, our own dreams, our own things that we want to do. We all have ambitions, and dreams, and hopes. We all make decisions, right? And a lot of times, God uses that, that thing in us. He created us that way, to have a will, to make decisions, to, to create. He is a creator, and he created us the same way. But our, our job as his followers is to align our will with him, and so that it can go forward in kingdom ways, to live in unity, to live in the willingness to sometimes say, I'm going to give up my will for your will. And sometimes we're going to, he's going to use our will to make his will go forward. And he teaches us how, how to live in this tension and how to pray. In the Lord's Prayer, he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's like the reminder to say, okay, Jesus, I am going to look to the realities of heaven, not of this earth. Jesus, would your will be done in and through my heart and my life? And then the, the will of the Lord goes forward. And so we're looking how Mary and Joseph said said in their hearts, yes, Lord, your will be done. And how the story of God went forward. As Mary is invited to uh, birth this miraculous child, and Joseph is invited to prophetically name this child Jesus. Do you know what Jesus means? He said it in that verse, not verse, I mean, it is a verse for us. For he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means God is salvation. You could say God saves, God rescues. He says, Joseph, prophetically name your son Jesus because Jesus is going to accomplish God is salvation. God saves. You see, his will is going forth As Joseph says yes to simply naming his son Jesus. What a simple thing to name your son a name, and yet it accomplishes the most beautiful plan of God, that Jesus would save the world from their sins. See, what what God is doing is saying, okay, Your little yes, what seems little to you, is framed in this much larger picture, right? Our little yes sometimes of of giving God our will, it accomplishes more than we can ever even imagine at the time. And so God frames it in a wider plan that he has for humanity. It's not just Mary and Joseph's yes, but their yes partners with his will, and, and saves humanity from their sin. Our yes multiplies and affects other people, sometimes generations. And God invites us into these yeses. God in, is inviting our church to say yes to him. We have... God's story of redemption written all over us, individually and as a congregation, that we've been redeemed from death to life. And we get to go carry on that story out in the world, wherever we go, that we have been redeemed from death to life. Our simple yes as a church puts God's plan into effect. The fact that you're here in this room changes your life. The fact that you're following Jesus is going to change generations. It's going to impact people around you. Your yes isn't isn't just for you. Your yes is for many other people and for God's plan to move forward in this world. Think back over your life. Think When have you said yes in the past? When have you been presented with risk in the past? Maybe even with real potential consequences looming looming out there if you say yes. And how did those things turn out? How did God lead you through those situations when you gave him your yes? Just about this time in November, two years ago, I uh, we moved into our home in Muhammad, and securing a house in Muhammad was not easy for us. Okay, it was a little season of waiting, but sometimes. The little seasons are, are the hardest, right? So there was a little season of waiting before we could secure a house here in Muhammad, and it was a difficult season of waiting for me, okay? Um, so God invited us into his story of moving to Illinois and saying yes to this calling of pastoring this church, and we love this church, But at the time, there was a lot of moving pieces (laughs) that God had to do, right? There is a lot of things in transition that become um, things that you have to say, okay, God, you figure this out because I don't know. And one of those pieces was uh, a home, right? And I really wanted to move straight from Louisiana and to, to Illinois into another house, right? Or if not right away within a very short amount of time, (laughs) right? That was comfortable for me, okay? Um, And I, I, it was right when the housing market just like bloof, you know? And there was just nothing available. And then like one house became available in our price range. And so we even sent, we're still living in Louisiana, we sent his parents, Dan's parents, my in-laws that live in Bloomington, we sent them to Muhammad to go see this one house with our realtor, and there they are on their phones, you know, Facebook videoing us around the house with our realtor showing us the, the house. And I'm like, okay, Dan, we have to make an offer on this house. And Dan's like, I hate it. I was like, no, why do you hate it? This is the only house available. And it was just like, you know, it was not, it was, it was not good. So here we are, you know, arguing and fighting on this Facebook video that we're bringing around the house, you know, and we can't make an offer on the house if, if we're blowing up, you know? And I just remember crying and crying, thinking like, this is it. This was my only hope of, <laughs> of a house in Muhammad. And uh, <sighs> I had to give up my will Right At that time, I had to give up my will. I knew that it wasn't possible. I'm only trying to make this decision out of my anxiety and fear at this point. right? Because I want something to happen so that I can feel comfortable and safe. And God was like, you have to let this one go. I will take care of you. So I give up my will of moving straight into a house and saying yes to the lovely, quaint two-bedroom apartment That was just right across the way here. And um, very nice, a very nice place. But I have lived in many apartments, Okay, I brought my firstborn child home into an apartment. And then soon after that, we bought a house. And then with our house, we had a few more kids and multiplied our belongings. And going back to an apartment was just not really in my plan for myself. But I had to give up my will. So there we were, packing up our house, marking half the stuff to storage and half the stuff to the apartment, right? I had to decide what was going to be able to fit in our tiny two-bedroom apartment. And here was the kicker for me, is that I didn't know how long this season was going to be, right? It could be a year of living in this two-bedroom apartment. Or, in my plan, it would just be, you know, a short month before another house would come on the market and... We would fight to decide if we wanted to, if, you know, we wanted to make an offer on it. But three months after living in our quaint little apartment, (laughs) somebody in our church had a a relative who was selling their house. Um, And they invited us to see this house off the market. We had no idea what it looked like, but we show up at the house and It's just peace. It's just like, yes, we both love this house. We both like it. It's everything we would want and need. And then off the market, we're able to come to a deal and have a home. Everything was already worked out in God's perfect plan, but I had to give him my yes for a season, for something different that I didn't, Prefer that was uncomfortable so that I could see his plan unfold. And every time that I say yes to him in those little and big ways, a house is a little bit of a bigger way uh, because it's like your daily living. <laughs> but every time I say yes to him, my faith builds. And you know what, the next time I have to wait and say yes, it's a little bit easier. Because I'm like, I remember. I remember his faithfulness in the past and I remember how he knows me so personally and how he loves me. And he says, you know what Liz, remember how I took care of you then? Guess what I'm gonna do next time? I'm gonna take care of you. And it just builds that circuit in my brain that says, God is taking care of everything, and I can trust him, even when it's uncomfortable, even when there's consequences looming, even when there's things that don't feel perfectly packaged. You know, when Mary and Joseph said yes, it's not as pretty as the nativity scene makes you believe, right? They're all sitting there nice and serene. They just had this baby. And they just look so peaceful. It wasn't... Don't, don't let that fool you, right? It was risky and messy. And there was consequences from them saying yes. But in every circumstance, we can make a choice to set our minds on these heavenly things that God invites us to as we are united with him. So this week, think about how you can tune your mind to heavenly things. Think about the unending and unchanging love of God. Think about the power and provision of God in your life. Think about the forgiveness of your sins. Think about how God is with you in all things. Set your mind on how you've been adopted into the family of God. Set your mind on his goodness and his faithfulness. So this week of Advent, choose to hope in God's unfolding plan. That we can hope in God's spirit. We can make room in our hearts for him to interrupt us in uncomfortable ways and say yes to him. Because we know his bigger picture plan is good and perfect. So my... um, uh, call to action for you this week. Besides putting your mind on heavenly things, here is a tool to put your mind on heavenly things. Vineyard USA has come out with um, their Advent devotional. Now this starts today because it's a daily Advent devotional and it's great. You can go online at vineyardusa.org slash advent and you can get it there And you can download it on your phone, you could print it out, whatever you, you know, like to do, digital, paper, you know, people have their different uh, opinions. So every day you have something here to follow with Advent, a devotional, a way to enter God's presence, a way to set your mind on heavenly things. Go grab this. Um, If you need a copy, I can print one for you, but go online And follow this starting today through Christmas. If you miss a day, it's no big deal. But this will bring your mind into heavenly things. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this season of Advent where we can step again into your story of what you are doing here on earth and what you are going to do when you come back and fulfill all of your promises, Jesus, we wait and long for you. And during this season of waiting, we set our minds on you. And so I invite you, Holy Spirit, to this time of worship where we set our hearts and minds on you. Come and fill us Come and fill this room with heavenly things. What a privilege it is to dwell with you, to be united with you, to be filled with heavenly things. We're your children and we're so thankful to be your children. Come Holy Spirit, we love you, Jesus. Amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org. lifevineyard.org.